and welcome back to the FPL Lounge podcast. Happy New Year from us. We are back with a mid Game Week 21 review. We thought we'd treat you uh, to, to Andy and my, uh, and my takes so far through Game Week 21. Else, it would be such a long time before you heard from us in 2022. Uh, my name is Chris Hopkins, and I am joined by Phil Jones's performance to my Phil Jones facial expressions. It's Andy Case, and you. Pretty well, maybe pretty impressive a little bit too far. But for all things Phil Jones has done for Man United over the last, oh, I guess, six, seven years, his performance against Wolves, not too bad. Yeah, not not too bad at all. And I think, um, you know, I well, I think you'll be able to confirm this to the to the uh, adoring public that I would think I was a bit now after the game. It's a bit of a uh, cliche take almost if that's the right word um because it's been i've seen it around in a lot of places on twitter and and in various news articles that phil jones had a good game so um well i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm just trying to make the point that i i i texted to you quite early in the game didn't i and i think you can you can verify that i was ahead yeah, of the curve about the... 20 minutes in i think you sent me like phil jones not that bad so yeah yeah, yeah i mean he, he he did he did do all right i mean let, let's not let's not go sort of throwing any parties yet i don't think he's necessarily the solution but if he can continue defensive solidity like that then i mean that is something we haven't had from any of our defenders so far this season and if i mean if you told me i was gonna get that performance out of phil jones every single week I think you'd have to be having him as a starter at this point in that Man United defence. So, I mean, it's a low bar, but he had a decent performance. Yeah, I guess that's the big if, though, isn't he? He has always historically had a bit of a clangor in him, so he's got to try and keep those at bay. But obviously, it's not like Man United defenders haven't also had clangers in them so far this season. So, yeah, it's uh, if, he, if he can just get a bit of a bit of defensive consistency and cut out the mistakes, then, you, then yeah, I guess he could could end up forcing his way uh, further into Ralph Rangnick's thinking rather than it just being sort of injury or injury dependent and 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 yeah, him being um, almost selected by default. Anyway, enough. I feel like that's probably plenty enough Phil Jones chat, probably for the whole of 2022. So let's crack on with reviewing uh, the game week 21 so far. Obviously, um, we're, we're kind of doing this, I guess, because the, the, the next fixtures in game week 2022 20, one uh, we're recording what on the 4th of january but the next fixtures aren't for another whole week um which are obviously a few of the doubles that, that have ended up appearing in 21 so we'll try and review uh what we've got so far and then hopefully the next time you hear from us we'll be able to wrap up the rest of game week 21 but we'll also fingers crossed know a little bit more about potential doubles in game week 22 um as always on our review shows then we'll run down our players on the radar from uh, from, from from our preview. We'll have a look at a top differential and a blankety blank and our captaincy selections before having a look ahead to that potential double game week 22. Uh, Andy, let's start with Jared Bowen. He's been you know a big feature on our radar for for for, for, you know, for many weeks now. I guess before it, after we recorded our preview, it was revealed that West Ham would end up doubling in game week 21. And obviously they've played uh, one game so far, but have have another one still to come which ends up being a pretty juicy one against Norwich. Um, so with two games in, in this game week, he felt very essential, I guess, to, to, to have in teams. If he wasn't already you know, in teams and very much in our thoughts, he definitely was very quickly as soon as we knew that he was going to double in this game week. And so far, so good. Uh, he obviously got an assist by winning a penalty, but it's on the eye that he still continues to look like West Ham's best FPL asset. 
Yeah, certainly. And, um, you know, there'll be some people at this midpoint in the game week who who perhaps captained Antonio over but over Bowen, rubbing their hands together with, with glee and looking smug. But you never know. Yeah, he, he like you say, on the eye and, and certainly his, his performances over many game weeks, he, he, he is still looking good. Got what some people are saying is a bit of a jammy assist in this game, um, obviously from 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 winging a penalty, which in most sort of statistical measures doesn't get you an assist. Uh, I, I don't know in terms of what do they caught? They gave it a name last year, the top, because Harry Kane won both awards, didn't they? For the the top assist maker, there was like there's obviously the Golden Boot, uh, and then mm. they and then they they created some other award, didn't they? For oh, I'm going to go, Google it while you're talking. But anyway, whatever, in his race towards that, which I think he's doing pretty well in this season, Bowen, to be honest, um, he won't, I don't think that will count as a, that will count as an assist towards that. But obviously in FPL, you, you do get the points for, for an assist there. So um, yeah, the, the, but you know, legit, I, I think that's not the worst like rule in FPL that you get an assist for that. So, and obviously I've got him and he's my captain, so I'm bound to say that and I'm, and I'm taking it, but yeah, just his all round performances, like you say, um, it, we're basically off the radar at this point and and he should be in teams. Uh, so it's the Coca-Cola Zero Sugar Playmaker of the season since 2021. Used to be the Cadbury Playmaker of the season. Um, I'm not sure why I'm going in for the sponsor, really. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, a Playmaker of the season is... is yeah, I mean, is, that, that's the crux of this. Is it? It's called the Playmaker of the season. Yeah, but let's, right? let's, you know, I don't feel like big chocolate and big... big, big uh, you know, cola drinks need need necessarily a plug from the FPL lounge, but you know, worth including all the same. However, um, if, yeah. they, if they ever want to sponsor us and send send us some money their way, then we will happily say their name as regularly as they want during the show. You, you, Chris will change his name to Chris Cabri Hopkins if so be so be you know. So we need him to. Yeah, I think I'd be more. I'd be definitely be more willing to be associated with with Cabri than Coca Cola. Uh, I just think I, I think if I had Good the British brand. That, that that I mean, that wasn't necessarily into my thinking. I'm just thinking that like, if I had to only drink or only consume one for the rest of my life, I think I'd have to go for Cadbury chocolate over Coca-Cola. And I'll tell you for why, Andy, because their nearest rival, I think I much prefer Cadbury over Galaxy than I do Coke over Pepsi. I think Pepsi Max, sneaky, is sneaky in my top sort of top three easy carbonated beverages. I see, I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, to, I don't really like cola i guess you would call it coke or pepsi so i'm not really that but 100 percent, i'm absolutely with you on the cabri over galaxy train absolutely no doubt every year when it comes to easter eggs and like if i get one off my family that's like um you know cream egg a classic you know or you know yeah. one that's a cabri one i'm, I'm happy and then or you get like a mars one or, or a galaxy one and it's just like yeah i'm asking my sister to swap or something Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we've um, we've just done our our veganuary big shop, and we managed to find some 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 Cadbury's uh, vegan chocolate this this month. Can't wait to get get into that. But also, shout out! I think the best chocolate on the market at the moment, Tony's Chocolate Only. Don't know if you've had that. Never that heard is. of it. No. Oh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I might send you some because it's <laughs> it's 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 well worth a go. It's well worth a go. Anyway, we uh, we should probably get back to. Is it as tasty as Jared Bowen? Yeah, well, you know, Jared Bowen's performances recently have definitely been been pretty tasty. But yeah, I mean, obviously we are, as we've said, uh, midway midway through game week 21. I feel like that matchup against 
against Norwich uh, later in the game week is, is looking pretty juicy. And I'm sure, as we'll discuss a little bit later, uh, Bowen uh, ended up with plenty of armband in, in 21 as well. A player that didn't perform quite as well, Andy, uh, Harry Kane in this game week. I guess, you know, we were very much looking at him. He seemed to be back to his best. Didn't have a vintage performance against Watford, but Tottenham didn't really either. I mean, they did create a few big chances, but generally speaking, um, you know, their sort of XG shot map seemed to, you know, they created the XG of, of two in this game, but it seemed to be accumulation of lots of low quality chances rather than anything anything major. I think the best, the, their biggest chance did end up falling to Davinson Sanchez in the last minute, which ended up gifting them gifting them the winner. Um, not really a lot from Kane at all here, but I guess we're not massively concerned. Tottenham still have some okay fixtures, I think. Obviously, I know they've got potential for a double. Arsenal coming up, who uh, Kane does have a pretty good record against. But I guess this game week, if you've invested in Harry Kane, this game week probably doesn't concern you. But at the same time, if you haven't invested in him yet, you maybe you're not thinking of getting him in based on this. Well, I mean, I was a little bit in that situation, I suppose, in that I was maybe thinking, do I need to try and get what, you know, I was I was worried, right? Watford away, there's a chance for some big returns for him potentially there. Um, but it was the the fact that he didn't end up with a double that kind of, obviously his price is a lot. We This is something we discuss with him quite often. So that was kind of, you know, scaring me off it a little bit. However, obviously, and, and it, almost everything we're saying, everything we said in the last preview is based on info about doubles. Obviously, going into the next one, if we're looking at a double game week for 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 Spurs, then 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 that that could change things completely. I think ultimately, yeah, it sounds like it, and it looked like obviously Spurs didn't necessarily have their best game recently in the in this one, but he ultimately is playing through the middle uh, now, which is better for him as an FPL asset. Um, Conte seems to have got the team working how he wants. They're a lot tighter. They aren't conceding as many, obviously. So um, I think it can only be a good thing if the players are really like understanding what the manager wants and, and Kane is, is playing back through the middle. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see, especially with more money being released from like Salah, particularly going off to AFCON now, I wouldn't be surprised to um, to see more people be bringing him in this game week. Absolutely. Um, also in the same fixture, Andy, Dennis and King of Watford. I think we were mostly looking at these with potential triple uh, triple game week, possibly being squeezed in to game week 21. Uh, in the end, I don't think they've even got a double this game week, Andy. Am I correct in saying that? I think. Uh, well, I don't think, uh, as in in twenty one. No, yeah, yeah, no, they haven't, they haven't, they haven't even got a, a double so, in the end, which is, so you, which is strange. So yeah, went from having potential triple to not to to just a single. Um, obviously that ends, you know, that was ultimately this game against Tottenham, and again, Watford didn't look their usual kind of selves going forward. They weren't creating loads. It does look like they're still going to have now a double in twenty two. That includes Newcastle, and then obviously Norwich in twenty three. So I guess we're going to keep these players on the radar, Andy, even if they didn't have the greatest performance against Tottenham. But I guess the key news is that we do now know for for definite that Dennis isn't going to AFCON. Uh, therefore, you've got kind of two still pretty cheap Watford assets with good fixtures in the next couple of game weeks um, that are that you know that do have ultimately pretty good upside and are probably worth investing in. 
Well, exactly. And it is, it is a big plus from, for like a double whammy, really. We mentioned that not only would it be annoying for Dennis owners if he was to go to AFCON, but then it could obviously impact the team's performances. And um, so, yeah, you're, you're not you're not going to have that worry so much. I mean, yeah, it's not, I don't think Watford look great necessarily, but um, they, they both uh, have had plenty of influence on games recently. I mean, it has to be said they didn't do a lot, obviously, against Tottenham. Um, but maybe that's just that. Maybe Tottenham are a reliable defensive team now. They've kept, I think, 50% of the games or more they've had under Conte. They've kept clean sheets. They've not conceded very many goals, certainly, under him in the league. So, um, but perhaps that's just a symptom of Tottenham actually being good defensively now. And yeah, the the the, the fixtures coming up for Watford, the number of them and the kind of quality of them. Uh, you know, we, we know definitely they should, you know, COVID and stuff aside, it should be Newcastle, Norwich, the next two game week fixtures for them plus like as you say there could be another one in there in 22 and so hopefully that you know their defenses that have conceded plenty of chances of course this season uh albeit you know maybe good for them that they're playing newcastle soon because it sounds like defensive reinforcements are on the way for them um and uh yeah that that if they continue to be obviously porous before they get the chance to to fix things in the january window then then chances for king and dennis yeah, absolutely. And both seem still pretty, pretty uh, advanced, I guess, against Tottenham. You know, they both were sort of similar in terms of how advanced they were in, in terms of their average position. And I guess, you know, Watford, maybe it was just Watford frustrating Tottenham. I mean, looking at those average positions now, it almost feels like Watford were kind of playing a six at the back. Musa Sissoko, who I think we might have briefly mentioned on the preview, ended up sort of playing as a very, very defensive midfielder in this game. So I guess that might have left King and Dennis perhaps a little bit more isolated with not very many runs from midfield. And I think sometimes they've played like a three up front that includes Jal Pedro. Jal Pedro was on the bench. So yeah, I'm sure we'll see some different kind of shapes from Watford and Ranieri against some of the weaker teams, um, which might mean that that, that that sort of their free-flowing kind of attacking football comes back a little bit. And ultimately, if they were going for a particular tactic against Spurs, they very nearly pulled it off, was it not for a 96-minute uh, winner from Tottenham? Obviously, cost them a point in the end. I guess our final conversation, Andy, really going into game week 21 was trying to predict where these double game weeks might fall and it was pretty difficult I think we had a look at maybe shipping some defenders out based on their fixtures coming up namely with with a look at Arsenal and Chelsea and obviously neither kept a clean sheet in this game week Chelsea's fixtures coming up were obviously pretty difficult too and then they also you know, providing it goes ahead we'll have blanks for the Club World Cup Arsenal too don't have the easiest fixtures coming up but have obviously got Man City now out of the way um, but we are still looking at Tottenham defenders and I guess we've mentioned it again but worth highlighting uh, the clean sheet for, for Reguilon and Davis that are going to continue to be pretty good options. I mean, I know it was Davinson Sanchez that scored in this game week, but we're not going to rely on that very often. It still very much feels like, from an attacking point of view, given Tottenham's increased clean sheet potential, that Reguilon and Davis are definitely worth thinking about. And if you are shipping out, say, Eurice James, now he's got an injury, or Marcus Alonso, if you brought him in, or possibly even Ben White, then it maybe you'll be looking to one of these Tottenham assets. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely, as we just said about it, with the, with the sort of Watford strikers, it seems that Spurs are turning a bit of a corner. So, yeah, defensive assets for them look like a way to go. Reguilon, um, you, you know, continues to bomb on when he when he, when he plays. So, so that's a good one for picking up attacking points. But obviously, is a good million more than some of those some of those other options. Um, so Sanchez, it's going to be it's going to be sort of. A tricky one into with rotation and stuff maybe with Romero being because when well un, under under Nuno actually and then when when um 
Conte first came in, it was Romero, Dyer, uh, Davis, pretty pretty consistently. And obviously, you know, uh, Romero's injured, and I don't know if we've really had any uh, info on on a, pot- a potential return date. It's basically a fairly serious sort of injury at this stage. So that obviously allows more time for someone like a Sanchez, but potentially more minutes on the pitch. But whether he's the one that's nailed down that one, I guess only time will tell. I mean, maybe he has because he's he's played a few recently. But yeah, like I say, only time will tell. And, and at the moment, Dyer and Davis, I mean, well, Dyer's slightly more, but Davis is the same price, um, offers, you know, just as much, if not actually more attacking threat. And so he's probably probably the one of the of the cheaper Spurs options that you'd go for. Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree with that. All right. Well, let's move on to blankety blank and top differential. Blankety blank, uh, I guess this isn't one of our sort of higher own picks, but we're going to go with Cristiano Ronaldo this week, and he is as a sort of high-owned asset that had disappointed his managers. And I guess this is partly down to many of the high-owned assets um, that didn't return, having pretty difficult fixtures. Therefore, it's kind of acceptable that perhaps they didn't return. Ronaldo possibly feels like he had an easy one. Man United were at least home against Wolves. But Wolves' defence is you know pretty good this year. They seem to be keeping a lot of clean sheets. So are we justified in picking Ronaldo here? Well, I think it's one of those weeks. Where I, th- I think we are. Listeners can tell us what they think. Um, I, I think we are. But it, it, it's one of those weeks where there isn't anyone who's sort of massively underperformed or, or massively deserving of, of it, I suppose. So, yeah, like basically, like you say, when you look at the when you look at the players who who have blanked, um, and I guess we'll get into that with the with the honourable mentions. Ronaldo basically had the best chance we think of, of of returning. Yes, Wolves have had a decent defense this season, but um, you know, United at home against against a team like Wolves, despite their sort of you know decent defense, you would expect them to be at least getting one goal. And he started and he's played the whole game, and and obviously there's been no contribution. It's not necessarily his fault. It's a symptom of the team he's in at the moment, but still as an FPL asset, that doesn't help him. And so uh, because of the team that he plays in, I think, yeah, deserving of, the, sort of that award this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess looking at some of the other options that we could have ended up picking, Andy, Jao Cancelo is the highest owner of them, 42%, and obviously didn't keep a clean sheet or register an attacking return. But against Arsenal, I guess it's not, um, you know, that City weren't guaranteed a clean sheet, or I guess they're never guaranteed a clean sheet, but it wasn't as likely as it, as it has been in recent game weeks. And I guess also, you know, Cancelo's maybe attacking potential slightly limited uh, against the better side. Dennis is another one, um, 39% owned, but that's going to be heavily heavily influenced by obviously his price um just the one point in this game week but you know, again against as we've said a very mean Spurs defense and then Ruben Diaz is one that we, I guess we maybe toyed with a little bit 28% ownership uh obviously didn't get a clean sheet so everything sort of that we said about Cancelo applies here but for me his ownership still seems quite absurdly high given his price I mean I guess there may be some justification from him for, for, for picking him but really compared to Ronaldo not getting attacking return against against Wolves and United still not looking particularly fluid going forward I guess that makes sense why why we've gone for him well exactly exactly that yeah and and actually I think there's a case that um I mean it's only one game but we I I said in the preview that one of the reasons why you might be on the radar that one of the reasons you might be looking to get rid of Arsenal players is because you know they've got a slightly trickier run coming up including some blanks and they they look a lot better recently but they still haven't necessarily shown that form there's there's kind of questions to to answer in terms of their performances against the bigger teams and certainly in the first half of this game 
you know, Arsenal put in a performance that showed they can they can hang with the likes of, of Man City. Um, so, obviously, the second half, they went all Arsenal and, and like, you know, set fire to their own performance, um, despite what all their fans and players on Twitter will tell you that they didn't deserve the decisions, apparently. Uh, I'm talking about a tweet I saw from Lacazette uh, after the game. I'm like, mate, if you're the captain, you, which he was in this game, uh, then... Maybe you want to be going speaking to your centre-back, getting two yellow cards, uh, one for scuffing up the penalty spot and one for completely clattering Jesus when he's gone past him on the halfway line like two minutes later. That's who I'd be more uh, angry about, uh, but but obviously easier to blame someone else, isn't it? And yes, uh, full disclosure, obviously standing up as a member of the referees' union here. But um, no, I, th- I think ultimately the point there is if they can kind of obviously wipe out that traditional or recent Arsenalness of the second half and put those performances in, then that would that would mean that four players like Diaz getting blanks in this game week. You know, again, we're we're kind of saying they played against a decent Arsenal team, and yet they are one of the teams now which, if you were to play against them and blank against them, it's a little bit unfair to be to be kind of getting the blankety blank award. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But as you as you say, ultimately, Arsenal's still gonna Arsenal. I guess it makes for good uh, viewing of Arsenal fan TV if that's something that you're into. But I must confess, not really for me. Let's move on to top differential. Andy, a low-owned player that ended up having a very good game week, and again, there were many many options for us to choose from here. I think although a lot of high-owned players did end up returning, it wasn't sort of major hauls for any of them. And a lot of the players that ended up uh, in double figures this game week, I guess we could have picked. Or I think almost all players that ended up. In double figures so far at least this game week um were sort of eligible for, for the top differential award we've got three on 15 points andy manuel lanzini alexis McAllister, and davinson sanchez we've kind of touched a little bit on sanchez already but which of these three do you think is most worthy of this award well um i think it, it's it's going to be manuel lanzini this week um he the well, because, well, for actually, for a number of reasons, really, I think the performance is likely to be more sustainable than some of those other people that you mentioned. They're not necessarily all going to score as often as someone like a Lanzini, who's in very attacking positions consistently. But also because he is more a more nailed-on starter as well. I think at the moment, at least, anyway, with Ben. I mean, there's a chance. I, I'm not 100% sure what's the state with four nails at the moment in terms of injury or fitness or whatever. But other than that, him aside, uh, potentially threatening things and Vlasic and as such I I think you know Bowen is is absolutely nailed on in one of those three attacking midfield positions and then it's probably Lanzini um after that whilst Ben Rama is is away at the Africa Cup of Nations so it's it's less of a flash in a pan I guess that's a complicated way of saying than compared to some of these other high scoring players this week we we could potentially see um uh, you know more returns from Lanzini going forward and um just as a as a small kind of part of that um, you know, is the fact that he took the penalty this week when, when West Ham got it. So uh, another thing to kind of help give some kind of confidence that, that that this might be the start of something for him, at least during January. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that that kind of you know, him taking the penalty definitely increases his his, his sort of you know, potential in FPL. I don't think that it's showing up massively in the underlying numbers, um, but you know, he's, he, I think his other goal was a pretty low low quality opportunity that he took. But you know, ultimately, we've seen it before, at least on the eye, not necessarily in FPL. But he is does he is a player that has plenty of quality. He's had a couple of injury. 
uh, issues over the last few seasons. But you know what you're going to get from him. And he has often been been pretty threatening for West Ham before. And now West Ham are in general looking better. You'd hope that that means that there's some some upside for, for a player like Manuel Lanzini. And yeah, while Ben Rama's off at AFCON, I feel like his his upside could be pretty good. And whereas, yeah, compared to someone like Alexis McAllister, who weirdly Argentinian, very odd looking name, um, but he's a player that I think if you, you know, I'm sure he's a little bit cheaper than someone like Leandro Trossard, but ultimately Trossard's going to be considerably more reliable if you're going to go for a Brighton asset, despite McAllister's 15 points in this game. And yeah, as we've said before, uh, you know, if a defender scores in a 1-0 uh, and is like and keeps a clean sheet and is likely to get three bonus points, then yeah, they're going to end up with, with 15 points and that's exactly what happened to Davinson Sanchez. A couple of other options Andy that we had, Anthony Gordon uh, Maz Ruslav, uh, Jean Moutinho, Michael Elise. There is one here that we are going to focus a little bit on just because of his price and how kind of how regularly he's been playing uh, in, in, in an Everton side that has been underperforming but is getting a little bit fitter again. Yeah, well, exactly, and it's Anthony Gordon. I mean, he he. It's an interesting one that he's played so much. I I I mean, I guess probably because I have, you know don't follow Everton so, uh, as closely, but I was surprised how many starts he'd had. Not just his number of minutes this season, but actually quite a, f- a fair few number of starts in in the sort of second half of the season so far. Um, the last sort of ten game weeks, I think he started like six or seven of them. So that that's interesting in 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 the league. Um, and and the fact that he's only four point five million. Now, I don't think you can necessarily fully trust Everton um they, their performances have been inconsistent for frankly a number of years now but including this season um and but if he's going to start and he's going to be 4.5 million and they've got a good fixture run coming up Everton um I guess most people are probably in a situation where they don't really need to save money perhaps right now if they're moving on from expensive Chelsea defenders and from players like Salah going to AFCON so it's less of a it's less of a um a gem finding a 4.5 million starter as it is at other times during during FPL. But, um, you know, he, he he does seem to get forward quite a bit or certainly at least his average position in this game was was pretty close to DCL, um, which which is a which is a positive in his favour. And if 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 um, Everton are going to play, you know, some of some of those more attractive looking defences, as, as we mentioned, the Newcastle's Norwich's of the world in the next few fixtures, then then, yeah, some someone who, who could also be an option in people's thinking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's always impressed me on the eye. I mean, I watched a lot more Everton uh, in in years, seasons gone by than I do at the minute, having uh, no longer living with with, with an Everton fan. But yeah, I mean, considering Everton were persisting a lot last year with players like um, Alex Iwobi and, you know, seasons gone past with Theo Walcott. Yeah, Anthony Gordon's not really getting a lot of game time, shipped off on loan to to uh to, to Preston, but you know, still looking on the eye pretty good. And as you say, with that four point five million price tag and with some decent defenders coming up coming up and then you know with a DCL giving Everton a bit more of a focal point I do wonder if if Gordon might creep onto the radar in in coming weeks but yeah I think we'll have to see a little bit more from him in the underlying numbers going forward and ultimately him scoring two goals in this game um it shouldn't be uh, something that we can expect him to repeat regularly uh, let's round off Andy with our captaincy picks and again this was a little bit of a tricky one because of when we were recording we didn't know what the game week 21 doubles were going to be so we were plumping very much with Kane and Son looking at their attractive fixture against Watford assuming I guess at this stage that every every team was just having a single game week um, ultimately we got an assist from Son albeit in the last minute I think that also got him a bonus point but as we've already alluded to a blank from Kane with no big chances nothing too crazy to worry about from a Tottenham point of view but ultimately uh, I think this tends to slightly reinforce something that we've said 
very regularly on the FPL lounge that if you are going to have one of Kane or Son, it does feel like Son still Son is is the way to go. I guess. Um, I guess the the other thing that the only real thing that counts in in Kane's favour, other than the fact that he takes penalties, is the fact that there are just fewer strike fewer good striking options to choose from. Well, that's yeah, that's it. If I was um, looking at that. Um you know, United performance, and I was someone who'd, who'd had kept on to Ronaldo, I'd certainly be thinking about a move, a move to Kane. Uh, yeah, he definitely looks like a better striker and premium option at, at the moment, just simply because of the way that, that United are performing. But um, yeah, I think Son obviously has um, gotten, a, got a, got an assist here. Um, it's, he, he, he does take corners, um, Son, so, so that helps and, and a lot of free kicks and things, but I, I I'm, I'm, worried a little bit in the sense that the cane through the middle thing has in the recent games pushed son a little wider and a little less close to the box he's like you know i'd need to look at the numbers closely but to me to on on the eye at least because I, I i sort of watched um not all of this Watford game just bits of it and but i watched most of their game before against southampton spurs and he certainly seemed to touch the ball less and, and, and was yeah like out wide more and didn't run in like cut into the box quite so much um so that's something just like at the back of my mind, slightly questioning that, I guess, presumption, like you say, that we've always made that that that, that Son is 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 the better pick. I think what complicates that at the moment is like I said, I mentioned it a lot, but Salah leaving. Um, and a lot of people, you know, you can save two, two and a half mil and just move to Son quite easily. And it just seems like a no-brainer. So um yeah, what whilst that's a question in the back of my mind, I think if I didn't have him, I, I, I probably wouldn't stop me making that move. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes plenty of sense. We didn't really have too much to say, I guess, on 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 other captaincy options. Um, obviously, it was entirely you know we had a little conversation about Watford assets, but I think that was very dependent on them potentially having a triple or, or possibly a double game week. Uh, in, in the end, obviously, after after we had. Uh, released the podcast it was announced that West Ham obviously ended up with a double game week and therefore I think a lot of armbands in the FPL community at least ended up going to Jared Bowen or Mikel Antonio I guess Andy maybe it's worth having a quick word on um, I guess looking back retrospectively which of those would have gone with had we, had we, have the, had we had the conversation about which is the better option I think we ended up both going for uh, for for Bowen, uh, Antonio has obviously got got a goal so far, I, but I guess we'd still stand by that. I mean, ultimately, Bowen has looked far better on the eye recently. He's got a lot of assists, um, and with a game week against Norwich coming up, there's still really good potential for him to end up hauling. Yeah, I think um, it would have been an interesting conversation. We definitely, I definitely would have, and we did with our captaincy choices. Ultimately, believe more in in Bowen. But what happens here is like when Antonio scores, because the way the bonus point system works, like for a forward, obviously their main aim is to get a goal and that helps them get towards the bonus points. And because Antonio got a goal, that ended up meaning he got in the bonus points. Um, so uh, he's ended up with more than than Bowen, obviously, in, the, in this game week. Um, so, well, the first part of this game week, at, at least. So, yeah, I, it's um, there's obviously still one more fixture to go. And and, and Bowen, I think what, what I like about Bowen is he offers quite an exciting goal and assist a threat. I mean, I mean, Antonio has had a few assists in, in, in recent weeks. But, um, yeah, um, the, the, the way he's playing, I just don't think I could have forgiven myself. But sometimes, I mean, it's bad, but that's sometimes how I like look at decisions. If, if I feel like it's a close one, um, I'll, I'll sort of think, well, yeah, it, like if 
if Bowen had got loads of returns and I hadn't captained him, I'd feel more frustrated with myself because because I believe in him more and because I've seen good performances from him than if I'd taken the punt on like Antonio. Uh, and, sorry, if I, then if I had taken the punt on Antonio there, I'd then be frustrated if if that happened. Whereas if I if I if I'd gone with as I have Bowen and Antonio scores a couple of goals, well, obviously it's disappointing, but kind of more so just one of those things and something we'd seen him playing well recently. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I think I agree with you on all of that. I mean, it's always nice when we're so in lockstep, I guess, Andy. Um, let's let's round it off there and let's have a quick look ahead to to game week twenty two. I guess the first thing to say, Andy, is that between now and game week twenty two, we're going to have um, both legs, I believe, of EFL Cup semi finals. Um, obviously, they're featuring uh, off the top of my head. We've got what Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Tottenham. Is that correct? Yes, they're the four teams, not in that not, order, I don't not think. In, no, so it's Chelsea playing Tottenham um, and Arsenal play Liverpool, don't they? Um, yeah, so, so, yeah. so, so yeah, we've got, I guess, you know, four relatively large FPL big hitters in there. And then also sandwiched in between that, they all play in FA Cup third round weekend. Now, I guess we're going to probably see way more rotation in the FA Cup, partly because... Um, you know, this is a big opportunity for teams to make a showpiece cup final as much as you can call the League Cup a showpiece cup final, but also because all of um, all of those teams have pretty favourable FA Cup fixtures. I think they've all got lower league teams. I think Arsenal is the most difficult playing Forest, but everyone else has got sort of League One or maybe even League Two opposition. So um, I guess we're going to see more rotation in the FA Cup. But if you do own those assets, it's definitely going to be worth keeping an eye on how many minutes they play over the next games ahead of game week 22, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and off in previous rounds, the EFL Cup, like you say, we've been more more looking at rotation. Whereas, whereas for those teams that are still in that, yeah, I I would imagine you'd get maybe a mix for 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 some, but certainly a lot more first team players and 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 perhaps full first teams from from some of those um, from some of those clubs. So, uh, and that and that obviously means um, potential for tiredness, yes, but also injury. Um, that they will be highly competitive, particularly Tottenham, Chelsea, always a feisty one. Um, those teams and those fans really do often seem to have a beef. Um, so, yeah, uh, watch out for kind of, you know, Rudiger. I wouldn't be surprised to see Rudiger digs on Harry Kane and uh, and as such alike, and, and, and obviously a Kane injury or not not being able to play in, game, in a potential double game week 22 could could change things quite significantly so yeah um obviously FA Cup there might there may well be a little bit more rotation a lot of Premier League teams have had have had reasonable draws um or at least what you'd think are reasonable draws on paper so they will like you know like you say like likely be a lot of rotation I think my, my own team Manchester United is an interesting one because we've actually you know obviously I throwing this in just so that I can uh, have have a dig about it and get everyone get their violins out but I think we've probably got one of the one of the harder ones um in we've got Villa um at home so obviously a, t- a tough one for Villa as as well um and and that and you know a trophy's a trophy and I I, I do just wonder there what what might be the balance of of of, of risk in terms of of, of of rotating but um yeah uh it's 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 different for different players you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to obviously be aware of of, of, of the uh, lineups of the teams that you know affect the players that you have in your in your FPL squad and it's definitely something to keep an eye out for because often like let's say um you know uh Brentford playing Port Vale I think it is I've got in front of me here and 
Newcastle playing Cambridge United, I think it is. Like if, if, if you're starting for Newcastle against Cambridge United in the cup, I, you know, you've got a significantly probably less chance of, of them playing in, in, in the league game, albeit, you know, a full week between between. So it's not it's not out of the question, but that's all a long way of saying of, yeah, make sure you keep an eye out for it and check those lineups. Yeah, absolutely. I just guess from from an injury point of view and, and, and minutes overall, I think, you know, if you, if you are some of those bigger, bigger teams, you know, City have got Swindon, Chelsea have got Chesterfield. I think one of the big teams that might be Liverpool have got Morecambe. You would imagine there's going to be considerably more rotation, I guess, in, in, in that FA Cup game. And, yeah, we could end up seeing quite a few youngsters. And, and yeah, I think there only seems to be, you know, I think three, maybe all Premier League ties, United being one of them. I think West Ham have Leeds, Leicester, Watford. So, yeah, not too many kind of big all Premier League games. But even if, even when that does happen, we do tend to see kind of equal amounts of rotation from both teams. So we kind of end up sort of seeing two second strings playing each other in the FA Cup third round, which I guess maybe isn't great for the competition. But um, I believe we, you know, we went to, we went to what, Boreham Wood in round one. I think they made round three, didn't they? So, you know, get up the wood. And uh, let's hope let's hope maybe they can get through uh, to to the next round. Um, I guess the other sort of big context, Andy, ahead of game week 22 is the potential for doubles. And obviously we are, I guess, if they're going to happen, we're going to hear about them well before the deadline. Um, we do hopefully have well, hopefully we'll hear about them you know in in sort of plenty of time so we've got you know a lot a lot of opportunity to, to think about what what we're going to end up doing but there are there is opportunities basically for almost every team to end up with a with a double game week um in in game week 22 obviously it's hard to know exactly how that's going to look or which teams have the best doubles and um, we've kind of gone through it a little bit already um in previous game weeks you know, maybe looking at, at everton maybe looking at teams like west ham having good doubles although i think that's not as likely now because of doubled in game week 21 so lots to think about but I guess the main takeaway is going to be hopefully we'll know plenty of time before the deadline so a we can do a nice pod on it but b so we can have plenty of time to think about it well exactly yeah I mean they announced it pretty late the Premier League this time around I'd hope they'd give a little bit more uh advanced information maybe there were I can't think off the top of my head but maybe there's something about like FA Cup and waiting to see who might need a replay um, maybe that's something they're waiting for. Um, they scrap replays, didn't they? This, oh yeah. Well, well, yeah. So then, so then, I can't really understand why that would hold them back. Um, they, 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 yeah. So basically, more reason why Premier League should just be getting the information out there if they're planning. Obviously, it helps fans as well for you know practically trying to travel to the games if 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 they you know the longer they have to know about it. So yeah, hopefully find that out soon. I mean one thing that I think is interesting about this potential double game week coming up is as far as we know, West Ham and City are the only two teams who who sort of definitely won't have have a double. Most other teams look very likely too. So um that brings up a, a kind of, you know, you know, often in double game weeks, people are thinking bench boost. I'm going to try and capitalize on those double game week players, maybe even a triple captain. But then if most players, are, most FPL assets are going to end up having a double, then actually, obviously, there's still there's some who might have easier doubles than others. And you might want to look to capitalize on that. But actually, it's almost kind of like more more like a normal game week than when you just get a handful of doubles like this uh, game week 21 that we've just had where there's only a few certain players who who are going to be doubling and, and having them makes a big difference potentially over others so yeah that 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 will be interesting if you know to, to find out exactly how many and who will, will be doubling but but let's just hope we get that information as soon as possible 
yeah, absolutely. I think I think chip strategy will definitely be something that we'll end up touching uh, touching upon on the next podcast. But yeah, you make a really good point, Andy. That I must say, I hadn't really thought about myself. I guess if if if, if the majority of the league ends up having a double, then it kind of negates the advantage that you can get from sometimes playing a chip, um, trying to bring in you know those players that have that have a double compared to those that don't. So yeah, definitely something to think about. Uh, we'll leave it there then, Andy. But you know, if 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 our managers have any questions, if our listeners have any questions about about anything FPL related and if they just want to wish us a happy new year and prosperous 2022 how can they get in touch they can find us on twitter or instagram at fpl underscore lounge and um yes uh if if they've tell us how they've done over the christmas period and in 2021 and what they're looking forward to in in 2022 all of those FPL New Year's resolutions as well are always always worth uh, worth listening to. Andy and I had a bit of a a bit of a debate, didn't we? I think on on the first of Jan about how how quickly Andy was breaking one of his own, but um, but in the end he ended up talking me round. So so yeah, well, we'll uh, we may, maybe we'll save that for later in the year. Maybe we'll save that for the end of end of season review when uh, when when you get to sort of weigh up how good a decision uh, the transfers you made this week were. Um, we're not exactly sure when we're going to end up recording next. And it is going to be partly down to if these double game week fixtures get announced. We will obviously have a preview um, ahead of game week 22. And we'll also try in that pod to wrap up uh, the rest of game week 21. But if the fixtures are announced well in advance of that, then maybe we'll try and do an additional bonus pod before then. But otherwise, yeah, I think the next deadline, Andy, is the 14th of February. So hopefully you'll be hearing from us around the 12th or 13th. But other than that, Andy, until then, Thanks for joining us in the FPL Lounge.